episode of Intention is Everything. I am one of your co-hosts, Karen Frazier. With me, as always, my ride or die, Cheryl Knight-Wilson. Hey, Cheryl. Hey, Karen. How you doing? Well, as I was telling you before we came on the air, I am apparently a human Swiffer today. <laughs> so just really quickly, um, because I don't want to bore the world with what what's, I'm doing, but I've been deep cleaning my house which is um, my friend, Sally Painter, who we've had on the show. Yeah. Right. She's a feng shui expert. And one of the things that she recommends is she recommends cleaning and decluttering thoroughly before the new year so that you go into the new year uncluttered. And um, also there's a new, I, I mean, it's not super new, but it's something that's new to my awareness, a practice called Swedish death cleaning. Have you ever heard about that? what no yeah it sounds it sounds really morbid right ominous but as I understand what it is is essentially is that you just you start sorting through and getting rid of things as you get older not because I'm planning to die I mean that's not the case at all but because because you start to pare down and that way when you go (laughs) you you leave less crap for your family and also there's just to me there's something in the practice of of cleaning that as I'm decluttering my my entire house and I've been at this as you know because I've been telling you about this I've been at this this is Sunday and I've been at this since last Saturday and I've just been kind of doing um I I've been very very um systematic or methodical in it and I've just kind of started in one corner of the house and I've gone a section at a time and I mean deep cleaned right so uh decluttered my entryway right now we actually have junk haulers coming on Tuesday because um my entire entryway is just filled with stuff that I'm getting rid of it's stuff from years and years and years that we haven't used and that we accumulate. But anyway, so I feel like a human dustbuster today because I, or not a dustbuster, a Swiffer, because I've been, I pulled my bed. I'm in the bedroom today and we have dogs. We've had as many as four dogs. We're down to two because two of them have died. Um, but I, I pulled the bed out from the wall and I've been crawling around behind the bed and, and, you know, like just to get in the positions and stuff, I've had to lay myself out. And so I'm pretty sure that I am just covered in, I I'm like a Swiffer right now. Well, it sounds a lot like spring cleaning, maybe a little bit more intense. It is. And for me, what I've discovered, this is really fascinating. And it's actually one of the reasons that even though that's not the topic of our show today, I wanted to mention it is because as I have decluttered and moved from closet to cupboard to drawers to everything else, um, because you're cleaning, my mind has, I've, I, it's like I've been internally cleaning too. Yeah. And it's just kind of naturally come to me, like all of this internal clutter that we all collect throughout our lives, right? Yeah. And it's not even been intentional, intentional as like, well, as I'm cleaning this, I'm also going to clean my mind. But there's something for me about the physical deep process of decluttering that all of this clutter that I've had, this internal clutter that we all carry around throughout our lives has been coming to the surface too while I've been cleaning, which is really interesting. Well, yeah, and totally because I know when I have clutter start to build up, whether it just be around the house, on my work desk, whatever, it really affects my mood. Yeah, it's stressful. Yeah, it creates stress. It's just, it's a thing that I cannot stand. (laughs) And, you know, it's funny because even when I'm, I'm video chatting with my son, 
and you know you see his his room and he's got some clutter you know yeah young. He, he's single he has a lot of clutter yeah. and even that drives me nuts so yeah and yeah. But for me so I, I I mean part of it is that of course we've raised kids in the house and we've had dogs and just over the years we've lived in this house since 2003 and it's not like this is the first time I've ever cleaned my house I, I clean my house but it's just um a lot of what I do is when I clean, I sort of move stuffed cupboards and closets. Yeah. And so the, the clutter, the internal clutter is there. Like my house looks fine, mm -hmm. but if you were to open a closet, it'd be like, oh my God. <laughs> and I find that I, I find that that is sometimes reflective of myself where on the surface I come across as very calm and measured and everything else, but I've got all this stuff going underneath the surface and so yeah it's just for me it's it's been more than just cleaning it's been this internal purging that really it wasn't my intention when I started this but it's caught me by surprise and in a good way yeah so yeah so anyway there that's the big exciting I mean and where am I going to go anyway right it's the holidays yeah. we're we're shut down in Washington and Oregon and California yeah and um so you know we're pretty much confined to quarters for the most part anyway so yeah it's been you know getting rid of pots and pans like non-stick pans that don't stick anymore and you know just really, <laughs> and getting rid of the stuff where when we had four people living here and four dogs we needed that stuff you know we we moved in two years ago and i still have boxes to go through karen and i it's starting to really bug me i think i need to get myself in gear cheryl <laughs> if you haven't used the stuff in those boxes in two years why don't you just get rid of the boxes why don't well, you donate the boxes there you go yep i'm very <laughs> ruthless so i've always been very ruthless if i don't use it in six months if i haven't used it in six months and no i'm not going to use it in six months i get rid of it yeah. but Jim tends to keep things more um and so so but he's been really he's been really cool this time and he's been out well yeah you can get rid of that so yeah I, I used to keep everything until I yeah. started getting older now now I purge a lot more than I used to yeah I'm not a keeper I've never been a keeper I'm not sentimental um okay. which is I mean you know like people have like their kids stuff right like they have their okay. kids art projects and yeah. all that I have never been somebody who's kept any okay. of that stuff. I'm just not as, I'm not sentimental about things. Gotcha. Hey, that's okay. I mean, I'm the opposite. I still have stuff from, you know, when my kids were in, you know, kindergarten. <laughs> so. Right. But if you have all of that stuff, do you also have all of that internal stuff from when you were in kindergarten and somebody said something to you? And, you know, right. I just, I think that there's a correlation between the physical yeah. state of the spaces that we inhabit and our internal state. I agree. I see it. Yep. Yep. So, and it was really overwhelming when I started to think about doing this. Um, and that's probably why I've avoided it because Tanner's been out of the house for has he been out for like six years, Jim? Six, seven years, something like that? Yeah, he's been out of the house for like seven years now. Yeah, so he's been out of the house for about seven years now. Time flies. Oh my God. I, right? I know. And, um, but just the thought of doing it over the years, I've done it like in small spaces, like I would clean the laundry room or I would clean out the pantry or things like that. Um, yeah. But the thought of actually doing it 
for the whole house seemed so overwhelming. And what I realized is you just, and it's the same thing with internal clutter. It seems really overwhelming when you look at all of the stuff you carry around inside, right? Yeah. And you just do a little bit at a time. Yep. Just take head it slow. Down. One step at a time. Yeah. Head down, yep. clear it out. So, and um, the other thing is I, you know, I, in a way I'm not doing it like Marie Kondo stuff, you know, the, does this spark joy? Yeah. Um, but it's kind of the same thing, you know, because it's stuff I'm getting rid of stuff that at one point I liked or I wanted for some reason. And now I look at it and it's like, eh, you know, it doesn't really make me happy. It doesn't really do anything for me. Okay. Yeah. That's a, I, I say that's a good way to go through and sort and, and get rid of and keep and, you know, apply that little test to it, you know? Yep. And so the idea with feng shui is if you go, you go into the new year, so you clean your house on new year's Eve day. Right. Yep. So when you, um, and I will do that again, I'll do it like a basic cleaning, you know, so that when you go into the new year and this is the perfect time to do it because you shouldn't be going out to a new year's Eve party this year. Right. COVID. And so, um, you, you go into the new year with a clean everything and without this clutter and it invites energy in for the things that you you would like to create that's a great way to start off the new year and especially after the 2020 we've had great great suggestion yep i know well you know 2020 what's interesting to me about 2020 is that um 2020 when we so you know i do the vision collective well i not so much this year because we haven't done anything particularly since the yeah. start of the year but the group of of energy healers and psychics and that we have this this where we do the classes and the and our big kickoff of 2020 was the clear vision conference and 2020 is all about clear vision and seeing right yeah um and well wouldn't you say that with everything that's happened this year that you see things a lot more clearly than you ever have? Yes, I'd say in many different ways. Yes. Well, so, you know, <laughs> it, may not have been a, it may not have been the way we thought we were going to clear our vision, but there you have it. It happened. It happened. I know. Okay, so let's segue. So today we thought we would talk about dreams. And the reason that I wanted to talk about dreams um, well, a couple of reasons, but one of the things is that I have gotten so many people reaching out to me this year, wanting to have me come and talk about dreams, whether it's been television shows, radio shows, interviews for magazine articles, things like that, because people are having super intense dreams this year. And so they've people, I mean, so I, it's been such a hot topic. And as a matter of fact, just Tuesday or it was like maybe Thursday yeah it was Thursday this week um, I did a show with two two guys in the UK who were delightful by the way um, the show is Journey to the Unexplained and I highly recommend it they're lovely their names are Russ and Joe but I went on because they had been having these dreams and they really wanted someone to help interpret them mm -hmm. and um, I, I've been getting a lot of that and people are dreaming really intensely do you think you're dreaming intensely this year? To be honest with you, I've always dreamed intensely. This yeah. year, this year is no different for me yeah. personally. I I have such intense dreams as long as I can remember. So it's nothing yeah. new for me. 
Yeah. And I mean, even for me, since I've been doing this cleaning thing, I've been having really intense dreams, but I think it's part of that internal clutter. So mm -hmm. I wanted to talk about dreams. And, and the first thing I actually wanted to explain is a couple of reasons why people might be having more intense dreams than they normally would. And so um, it kind of comes down to so dreams, we dream for several reasons. One of the reasons we dream is we just are processing our daily activity. And these are really mundane dreams that you have, um, you know, like I might sleep and dream of cleaning right now, for instance. And it's just your mind sorting your day's activities into the various sections in your brain because your memories aren't stored in whole blocks. Your memories are parsed and broken apart. And every time you remember something, your mind has to pull things from different parts of the brain and put it back together. Did you know that? No. It's true. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. That's why memories can be so faulty. Well, I was reading, I was reading this article about intentional dreaming and let me get his name. It was by David Paul Kirkpatrick and he's the co-founder of MIT Center for Future Storytelling, mm -hmm. president of Paramount Pictures, production chief at Walt Disney Studios and also an author. It was a fascinating article. I believe it was on Medium. Look it up if you can and read it. But he had so many things in that article that were so fascinating from how we pull from all sorts of different, like our, our conscious, our subconscious and our oh, yeah. during our, during intention, like if you're going to intentionally dream, which we'll get to yes. later yeah. during our dreaming, you, you can pull all of those three in and it can extensively uh, affect different parts of your life. But yes, it's yeah. fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So that's the first thing we do when we dream and those dreams, we typically don't remember, although sometimes we do right? Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's just sorting our days, our memories and sorting it. Yeah. That's how our minds decompress, essentially. Now, the second reason that people dream is that your subconscious wants to communicate with you, right? Mm -hmm. And um, our egos during the day, what we do when we face things that we don't like about ourselves, things that are unpleasant, things that are possibly traumatic, things like that, is we, we actually suppress them in our, with our conscious mind. Um, you can, uh, a lot of people suppress or repress things. Um, and so those are things that we just shove down and we don't consciously think about them for whatever reason. And so our subconscious mind then comes out in our dreams and it, it shares them with us while we sleep because that's when we're more open to that because we've repressed it while we're awake, right? Mm -hmm. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so um, that's the second reason that, or I mean, there's a lot of reasons. That's another reason we dream. And a lot of those dreams tend to be kind of the very symbolic dreams, the dreams that our subconscious is trying to communicate with us, but it doesn't come right out and say, Hey, Cheryl, you have suppressed this memory of when you were six and, you know, a boy flipped your skirt up over your head. It doesn't come and tell you that. What it does is it, it gives you symbols. Can I interrupt you? I want yes. to ask why. Why is it so symbolic? Why isn't it more in your face? Um, you know, it this, is. Is, this is the way it is. Yeah, sometimes it is. Um, that's a great question. And I don't really completely understand why that is. But it's the same thing with getting psychic information. It's all very symbolic most of the time. I mm -hmm. mean, you know, occasionally they'll they'll actually be really clear. And I guess I think it's just the way our subconscious 
minds communicate it communicates in a universal language versus mm -hmm. it, it um it communicates through images and sounds and smells and sights and sensory information versus communicating like we are right now by talking right right and so um, sometimes that can be quite literal. People who have PTSD, for instance, often have very vivid dreams about the traumatic experience and it is the experience they had. So it can be very literal, but I think that what it is, is I think it's speaking to us in the language of spirit. And the language of spirit tends to be more symbolic than it is um, words because the words are human. Yep but the experiences are of spirit and it's spirit trying to communicate with us in the way that we understand and so it'll communicate with us through several different kinds of symbolism and the the most so what i tell people is when you have a dream the first thing you should always say is what do i think this dream means because the first type of symbolism it communicates with us is personal symbolism so for instance um I'm afraid of snakes, but my daughter-in-law has a pet snake, right? So my symbol for a snake is probably going to be something extremely horrified where hers might just be about her pet. Yeah. And so that's, right. per, that's personal symbolism. Okay. So what I tell people is the first thing you should always ask yourself is what do I think this dream is about? Because chances are, if you think you know what the dream is about, you're probably right. Okay. Because it's um, so if it doesn't communicate to you with personal symbolism, then the next level it goes up to would be um, kind of community symbolism. So it would be things like your religious beliefs, the community you were raised in, cultural, family, that type of thing. And so okay. that would be speaking the language or communicating through the lens which with which you've come to understand the world around you through the the people and groups that you interact with. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. So if, for instance, um, if I was raised a Christian and you were raised a Buddhist, which I was raised a Christian and I assume you probably were as well, but say I was raised a Christian and you were raised a Buddhist, right? Okay. So you might have um, Buddhist symbolism. So you might be more likely to see things associated with Buddhism that are symbolic for Buddhism, where I might see things like stigmata or a crown of thorns or things that are associated with Christianity. Does that make so, sense? It does. Uh, so, and this is like a totally side, you know, a side here. But mm -hmm. so when people say, okay, they experience some type of paranormal activity or some type of spiritual experience, and it's like based on their own religious knowledge or background mm -hmm. that's kind of the same so that's the same thing yeah there. it's the yeah, symbolism it's, of what they're familiar with absolutely in their yeah. experience so it's yeah it's a, it's a filter so yeah. for instance um i think you're talking about things like um the the fatima right or like seeing a marian vision like a christian is going to see a marian vision but a muslim probably yes, isn't that's a, right that, that's a great example yes. yeah Exactly. And so, so you may have a different experience. We may be standing right next to each other and see the exact same thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like say we're sitting, here's a great example. We're sitting in my backyard and we're laying on our backs, looking up at the clouds. 
and there's a cloud. And to me, it looks like an angel because that's my Christian background. I see an angel. Just say that you're somebody who's into instead that your religion is um, pagan. So I see an angel, but what you may see is a griffin or something or a fairy. So we see the same thing, but we have a different filter. So that's, so that's one of the reasons the next level in dreams is this kind of societal symbolism. And this can have multiple levels. It can be something like a family symbolism. It can be a religious symbolism. It can be a neighborhood symbolism, or it can be a city symbolism, a state, a country, right? And then it goes all the way up to this universal symbolism that comes from the collective consciousness. This is the stuff that um, uh, Jung, Carl Jung talked about, or Mm -hmm. um, Edgar Cayce. Symbolism that comes from the collective unconscious where things mean different things. So when I do dream interpretations for people, I can't, I don't know their background, right? I don't have the same lenses and filters that they experience the world with as they do. We have different filters. So all I can do when I interpret someone's dreams or when you read a dream dictionary or anything else, all of those symbols come from the collective consciousness. And that's what we base our interpretation on when you're interpreting someone else's dream, which is why I always ask somebody first, what do you think your dream meant before I start to do the collective consciousness interpretation? And so I think the reason that people are dreaming intensely is um, because stress often comes out in dreams because a lot of us are walking around showing the world, hey, I'm okay. Yeah, I've been in my house and yeah, I'm worried about getting sick and I'm worried about politics and I'm worried about all of this stuff going on, but I'm gonna be positive and put this sunny face on the world and be positive. And we repress that because we don't wanna rock around feeling like crap all the time, right? Correct. And so, it comes to us in our dreams and it comes out as stress. Um, and so a lot of the, a lot of nightmares and things are really just the stress of what's happening around us that we're repressing coming out in our dreams and so, it's a release valve almost. I, I, I often wonder, occasionally I'll have these beautiful, lovely spiritual dreams, but I've got to tell you about 90% of my dreams are not great dreams right well because that's because it's you're much more okay with exploring it so it just feels much better in our waking lives to explore the positive things right yeah and we we i call it our shadows i mean that's what most people call it we shove all that other stuff down into our shadows okay we shove that down and our shadows come out when we sleep and that's how we deal with it and that's how we become aware of it and it's unhealthy for us to repress all that and suppress it and hide it in our shadows when really what we need to do is we need to face it head on right and work through it but that doesn't always feel good and we're human beings we don't do that very well (laughs) yeah Right. <laughs> and so it, that stuff is much more likely to come out in dreams. And I do too. I mean, you know, I will have like these amazing spiritual dreams, right? Mm-hmm. But then I'll also have like a majority of my dreams are all of my crap coming up 
that I need to deal with and that I just don't want to deal with in my waking life because I want to inspire people or I want to feel good or I want to write a happy blog or things like that. And so it comes out in our dreams. And so the way you get saying- it. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, so it's common. That's a common thing then. It's not absolutely common. Okay. Yeah. So that's what's happening. Um, And it's just all coming up in our dreams. And that's, I think, why people, and plus the other thing, the other reason I think people are dreaming super intensely right now, it's because this is, I, I believe that a lot of this year is about seeing things clearly and kind of releasing that internal clutter and things like that and it's it's just our internal housekeeping it's our our subconscious and our higher selves our spirit our spirit guides helping to bring all this gunk up to the surface so we can get rid of it because you know as I'm cleaning out my closets they always look worse before they look better right 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 well I think it's the same thing with your dreams is that they come out in this big stressful bleh and it, it looks bad, but that's how you start to clean stuff out. That makes a lot of sense, Karen. I try to make sense. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> I try not to speak gobbledygook. <laughs> All right. So you had some stuff you wanted to actually ask about and talk about. While we're on dream interpretation, I have some dreams I wanted to ask you about okay. what exactly they mean. And these are very common dreams that I think a lot of people have had. And um, actually, I looked up a list of the top, I think, top 10 dream, most common dreams, according to a couple of different sources. And I'm going to run down real quick. And then I want to ask you about a few of these that are specific to, to me. And and they're about reoccurring dreams over my lifetime. Okay. All right. So let's just run down this list real quick. Okay. Dreams about flying. Oh, yeah. Those are, those are great dreams. And those are about seeing things from a higher vision from a higher viewpoint, or it can be about reaching for your goals. Dreams about taking tests at school. <laughs> Those are um, actually, that, that, is, uh, the, that is the most common recurring dream out there. Okay. Everybody has a version of this dream, it seems. Oh, like. yeah. I yeah, because when I teach my later. yeah when I teach my classes and I start to talk about this, everybody's nodding in my classes. Yes. Everybody yes. has this dream, and um, I mean it can be various things. It can be that you haven't studied and you've got a test. It can be that you haven't been to class all year and you have a test. It can be that you forgot that you had that class and all of a sudden now you. I mean, it can be that you yep. can't find your way to the classroom to take the test. There's all sorts of variations, but what this is about is it's a it's an anxiety dream and it's about our anxiety and how we perform in our adult lives. Yeah. Okay. Um, dreams about falling. Yep. Dreams about falling are again, a common anxiety dream. And they're, they're basically where, I mean, it's, it's almost as literal as you can be, right. It's, you're, it's, uh, you're worried you're going to trip and fall and you're going to do something bad. Something, something bad's going to happen. Dreams about being naked in public. That's about vulnerability. I actually had a naked dream the other day. Whoa, and what okay. was super funny about it was that I was like, yeah, all right. <laughs> I looked down and I was naked. Everybody else had clothes on. And I was like, okay. <laughs> but that's about feeling vulnerable, vulnerable or exposed. Okay. Dreams about being chased. 
dreams about being chased are usually um, our, our subconscious trying to catch up to us. It's something that we're ignoring that's trying to get our attention. Dreams about losing teeth. Dreams about losing teeth are, can be about a couple of different things. Um, one of them is about our ability to nourish ourselves. Your teeth are in your mouth, right? Yep. And um, so it can be uh, about our ability to nourish ourselves physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Um, the other thing dreams about losing your teeth can be about is communication, that you feel like you're not communicating appropriately or that you're not able to speak your truth or communicate well. Dreams about dying. Dreams about dying. Um, so good news. It's usually not a premonition or that you're dying. It's actually about transition or it's about that it's time to release a part of yourself that no longer serves you so that you can move into something else. It's about transformation. And just a quick aside, what about dreams about a friend or family member dying? Um, well, typically other people in dreams, I mean, those can be precognitive, but they usually aren't. Typically, uh, pe people in dreams actually represent aspects of yourself. And so it's about um, what I would suggest is who the person is, who's dying, what does that person represent to me? How, what, what does that person mirror in me? And that's a part of myself that I need to start to release so that I can bring something new into the world. Okay. Um, dreams about infidelity. Um, dreams about infidelity are often about, um, oh shoot, I know this, but it <laughs> just flew out of my head. Um, it, I mean, it has to do with that you feel like you're not being honest with someone or someone's not being honest with you or you're not speaking or living your truth. Okay. Um, and I have one more, uh, pregnancy dreams. Oh, pregnancy dreams. Pregnancy dreams are about nurturing and bringing something new into the world, creating something new. Yay. <laughs> okay. I um, have those. And I always wake up and think, oh my God, because I mean, I'm like, <laughs> I just turned 55 last week. And so, you know, I, yeah. Oh, by the way, happy belated birthday. Thank you. I mean, I told you, but yeah. 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 Um, Interesting. I have another dream and I don't know if it's common or not. Let me just start there. I have a dream, a reoccurring dream. And it's so light, so like realistic and lifelike that I think that it's real. And then I wake up and I'm so, so disappointed and heartbroken that it's not real. And then I think, and then I keep thinking maybe it was, no, it's not, it was a dream. So anyway, it's about being psychokinetic. I have that dream too. You do? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I think that, so what do you think it means? Do you have any idea of what you might think it means just in your own, from your own symbolism? For me, I feel like it's, a, it's, it's almost like an empowerment dream in a way where I feel like I, I have, I, I can affect something maybe I'm not affecting something that I feel like I have, I can't affect in that for good, you know, that I can't, yeah. that I'm not doing something that I could be doing. Yes. Is that fair? I don't know. <laughs> um, I think that could be it, but I also think that it could be a reminder from spirit that you are much more powerful and you actually have much more ability to affect matter and things through your intention than you realize in your waking life. Yeah. It's a reminder. 
Yeah. Yeah. So you you can relate. It's like you wake up and you're like, oh man, that wasn't real. Darn yeah. It. Yeah, I do. I have that dream. I have that dream quite a bit. I have flying yeah. dreams a lot too. Okay. Let's jump there because so do I. Aren't they oh, awesome? Oh my, okay. Well, mostly my favorite flying dream is where, like you described a little bit earlier, you're soaring around, you're soaring above the buildings and you're soaring through the trees and it's just the winds rushing through your hair and your face and it's just mm -hmm. glorious, right? Okay. Yep. Love it. Love that dream. The one that I don't love is where I'm being chased by a monster and I can only fly a couple feet off the ground and the monster's reaching for my leg and it's about to pull me down because I can't go any higher in the I want to fly higher to get away, but I can't. Well, the monster is a representation of something that you feel like is holding you back. So look, you've just combined three of the most common dreams into <laughs> one dream. The yeah. monster dream and the monster is a part of yourself that you feel is holding you back. Mm -hmm. um, flying, you want to, and it's holding you from really taking off, yeah. right? Right. Um, and you're being chased. So this is something that's coming from behind you. It's probably something from your past that is or probably a belief that you've carried around that you're not aware of about yourself. And it's, it's keeping you from, from taking off and from, and from reaching for new heights. So there's something in your life that's holding you back that you've something that you've suppressed, you're stuck in your shadows, or you just don't want to deal with. There's something there um, that that you really need to look at, so that because you're you're letting it hold you back. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, I'm not always sure that I know exactly what that is. <laughs> well, but what have you ever set the intention before you go to sleep that yes. you find out what it is, or have you ever tried to turn and look at the monster so that you can see what it is? Yeah, one time. Did you see it? Yeah. What was it? Frankenstein. <laughs> so what does Frankenstein represent to you? Can you hear Mickey snoring? <laughs> I heard something. Oh my That's God, Mickey. Cute. I'm not oh, farting. Mickey. There is a dog laying on my lap snoring. Oh, Mickey's so cute. Okay. Uh, what does Frankenstein represent? I mean. It's your fears. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I guess. Well, your fears are holding you back, Cheryl. Yeah. Your fears right. are keeping you from flying. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's really simple, right? Yes, it is. So you is do it? know what it is. Yeah. Okay. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Done. All right. Analyzed. Okay. The, the next one I want to talk about is going back to the test taking and the classes and stuff. And I have <laughs> two, kind of two variations of this dream that are reoccurring. Yeah. And one is that it's the classic I've missed a whole semester of my college classes, but I got to take the final. Yeah. I, I didn't read anything. I didn't take any notes. Yeah, that's mine know. too. My dad had that dream. My dad used to have that dream too. Really? Oh my yeah. gosh. It's a killer because it's like, yep. oh my God, for one, how in the heck did I miss all of my classes? And then for two, how am I going to pass? You know, it's, yep. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Crazy. And then the, there's a slight variation where I cannot find my class schedule. Oh my God, it's terrible. It's like, I'm standing there. I don't know which building to go to. I don't know which room number to go to. Yeah, I, I have that I one too. I cannot find my class schedule. Yep. It's, it's horrifying. 
Yeah. You know, I know that those dreams are really terrible. I mean, you wake up and it just, it, they don't feel good. And when you're dreaming, they seem even more intense. Right. Mm -hmm. And so really what it's about is just, um, how am I doing in life? Am I prepared? Have I done the work that I need to, to be where I want to go? It's, it's really just about adult life and worrying about your competence in adult life. And I think we all do that. You know, we have so many things that, you know, we spend all our, am I going to be able to pay my bills? Have I been a good parent? Have I, you know, is my house clean enough? Am I eating the right food? We just have all of these things that we stress about all of the time. And the, that's what those dreams are. Those dreams are just manifestations of that stress. And, and, uh, you know, I would bet that you have them more frequently when you're stressed about something. Yeah. I'd say that is true. Mm -hmm. Very much so. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I, I mean, I don't want to dismiss it and, and make it sound like I think that, you know, it's nothing, but that's what it is. It's, it's just a stress dream. And, you know, I'm going to, um, just as an aside, I can lucid dream. And so sometimes when I get into one of these really, and I don't even know, this is a whole nother debate, whether it's even good to lucid dream or not, but I can, if, if it's too scary or if it's too traumatizing, I just, I can just change the dream. Like, right. I so why don't, or, but why don't you, instead of doing that, you have the power, why don't you say, okay, so I know this is a stress dream. What am I stressed about? How yeah, I resolve this stress. Right. And it's, again, it's, it's not, instead of facing it, Hey, let's just change it and run away and do that. You know? Yeah. That it's, is. That, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, because then while you're asleep, you're doing the exact same thing you do while you're awake. And yeah. the way that you resolve stress dreams is by dealing with the stress. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm going to try it next time, Karen, I promise. And I'll let you know how it goes. Okay. Um, all right. Look, can we talk about Okay, going back to the dreams about losing teeth, the one that I have all the time, like I'd say 100% yeah. of the time, yeah. is I'm in the middle of something critical, important, and all of a sudden, all of my teeth crumble out of my mouth. Not just one or two, but all of them. Yeah. Crumble. I can feel it. Like, I think I, it's real. Like, I think I'm awake. And they're crumbling out of the mouth. I can feel them, and they fall into my hands. And yeah, it's like one of the worst dreams that I have. I think for you, I think it's about communication. I, I, if I were to guess an interpretation just based kind of, so when I interpret dreams, like I say, a lot of it is, I know what the symbols mean, but I also use a lot of intuition in my okay. dream interpretation. And the yeah. sense that I'm getting is that with you, it's about communication. Um, and you are like me, your job is to be a communicator. We're both communicators in our jobs. We're writers. Yes. And editors. <laughs> Yes. And so we have to be able to communicate effectively. And so it's my guess is, is it stress about um, when I have something critical that I need to communicate, am I going to be able to do it? Okay. Does that make sense for you? Does that ring true? It does. It rings very true to me. And it's funny, Karen, because I'll send you a dream and I'll think this is like the most bizarre dream. Like these ones we're talking about are common, but I'll send you yeah. just the most off the wall, bizarre dream that I think there is no way in heck this can be interpreted. And then you'll come back and you'll be like, you'll explain it and be like, okay, this just hundred percent made total sense. After Makes the dream. total sense. 
I mean, and there are, there are other ways that people can dream too. One of them you yeah. mentioned is the lucid dreaming where you control your dreams. Um, yeah. One of them is that you can actually astrally travel in your dreams. And some people do. One of the dreams on this, this show, the journey to the unexplained that I did last weekend or mm -hmm. last week, um, one of the guy's dreams, I'm absolutely sure it was a, um, it was a astral travel dream. Um, Precognitive dreams where you actually dream about something that's going to happen. I know I've mentioned this probably on the show several times. I have them about earthquakes, train derailments, and school shootings. They usually happen within 24 hours. This year, not a lot of school shooting dreams because nobody's been in school. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, um, okay. you know, so precognitive is another. And then the other one that I really want to mention that's really important are visitation dreams. And these tend to be hyper real and it's, often somebody who's died, but it can also be somebody who's alive visiting you in their sleep. So visitation dreams, they just have a different quality to them. They seem realer than reality. Is realer a word? More real than reality. Yeah. Okay, great. Right. Great, I said that. Now my teeth are going to crumble in my dream. <laughs> it's okay. No biggie. No biggie. <laughs> no biggie. You know, Rainbow Rodelli, who was on our show yeah. not even that long ago, well, she's written two articles in recent months for Paranormal Underground Magazine about using your dreams to dimensionally travel. She calls it dimensional walking. Mm -hmm. And where she'll intentionally set, okay, she's going to go to this place, let's say it's, it's a you know cottage or it's a movie theater or it's this or that. And and dimensionally travel i mean the 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 articles are fascinating if you get a chance to read them and oh by the way she said she talked to us about it you know maybe in january so oh that'd be great I, i'm looking forward to that yeah but it is just kind of mind-blowing how powerful dreams are and, they are and yeah. and you can use them as a tool um you know and i i don't recommend always trying to control your dreams okay because I think that they do provide valuable insights to us. Our guides can come to us in our dreams. Our higher self can come to us in our dreams. And we can, like I say, we can work through a lot of crap in our dreams. But I also think that you can set, I set intentions for dreams before I go to sleep. Like if I'm trying to solve a problem or something, and I'll say, just show me in my dreams what I need to know. So I've only done that a few times, believe it or not. And I don't actually know why I don't do it more often um maybe yeah, just forget like, yeah busy yeah. whatever it might be but one thing I wanted to you mentioned spirit guides mm -hmm. and I've only asked my spirit guides twice for messages during sleep during my, in mm -hmm. my dream. and one happened recently that I wanted to ask you about okay and this was pre-election 2020 I was extremely stressed out about world events and this and that in the future and I asked my spirit guide to please give me a message about the future of humanity, basically, you know, what's, are we going to be okay? What's the future going to be like? And here's what I dreamed about. I had two separate cars stolen on the same day. And then when I got a car the same day, I drove by a horrible traffic accident where I had to save people who are trapped in their cars. Okay. That's that's the gist of it okay so driving 
So you and I have actually talked about, because you've had me interpret driving dreams for you before. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so it seems like you have a lot of driving dreams. And I think we've even talked about your driving dreams on the show before. Um, so vehicles in dreams represent your path through life. And um, how you control the vehicle represents how you feel about your path in life. So when I feel out of control, the vehicle in my dream is an elevator and I get on the elevator and no matter what I do, it won't go to my floor. Oh my gosh. Okay. Right. It's still, it's still a vehicle. So vehicles in dreams tend to be about your path in life. Having an accident in your vehicle I mean, basically, I would interpret that as that stress that you just feel like the world is completely out of your control right now, and it is a huge train wreck. So it wasn't necessarily, so, so what the dream to me was telling, and then you had to save people, right? Yeah. So what that's saying is that you're stressed out about this path in life, you feel really out of control with the whole thing, like everything's a train wreck. And the way that you can deal with that is that you can control your thoughts and your feelings about it. That's all you can do. You can save yourself by changing how you think about it. Because what's going to happen in the world is going to happen in the world. Because that is a collective manifestation we have all joined together as humanity and created these things right and so as one little mind in humanity we don't have a lot of control over these big world events it's like we don't have a lot of control when we vote because we're just one vote right okay we collectively vote our leaders in we collectively all of that and we're just one vote well you're just one person in this whole collective group that has created and brought about the events that are happening right now and the only thing you can do is save yourself and you can do that by changing how you think about things yeah change how you think about things change your experience the world events are still going to be the same but there's a saying, and I was thinking about this actually the other day, the saying suffering is optional. Hmm. And I was thinking, you know, what a really cruel thing to say suffering is optional. Look at all of these people suffering. Mm -hmm. But we, we identify it as suffering because we think it shouldn't be happening. Yeah. Right? Right. So like, even when I'm in pain, um, and you know, I have, I have a lot of, I've, I've, I was in an auto accident when I was in my early twenties, a drunk lady rear-ended me. And so I have since that day, I was 22 years old since that day, I have never had a day without pain in my life. Oh my gosh. Um, and, but the reason that the pain I will suffer from the pain is when I think the pain shouldn't be happening. Does that okay. make sense? When I step into the pain and I just accept it as part of the experience and that it's here to teach me something, I don't suffer from the pain anymore. I still feel the pain. Yeah, I get what you're saying. It's almost an empowerment issue, a personal mm -hmm. uh, choice. Mm -hmm. And, you know, 
like you said, it's, it, it almost sounds cruel, but we don't have to come at it from that viewpoint of, you know, I'm, I'm always a victim. Why right. me? Why me? Right. Yeah. We right. can come right. at it from a different viewpoint and actually help raise, you know, if, if I'm going to sound wooey here, help raise the vibration of the world Yes. through our thinking and intention. Right. Exactly. Perfect. You got it. And that's, and so when I, that's why I say, when I say the suffering is optional, part of me is like, wow, what a crappy thing to say, Mm -hmm. because look at all the suffering in the world, but the suffering comes from the belief, this shouldn't be happening. Yeah. And the belief, this shouldn't be happening comes from the belief. I am a victim. Right. And so I will tell you that there are plenty of days that I think that this shouldn't be happening when I've got the headaches, when I've got the you know, when I, the neck pain, whatever it is, but it's served a purpose in my life. And, uh, but I, you know, I get caught up in my ego, me self. I, we all do. We get caught up in the experience of being human, but we choose. It's so hard for me to explain this because it sounds callous and that's not, and it's not, look, I have deep concern for the suffering of other people but we're choosing to see it as suffering versus moving with it and making an it opportunity a to learn an opportunity to grow. Yeah. Yeah. Or just an opportunity to experience. Okay. I remember. Um, so we went to Kauai. Uh, it's been probably three years now. And uh, Tanner and I, my son Tanner and I decided to get tattoos on our last day there. Hmm. And I decided to get mine on the top of my foot. Oh. Now, let me tell you something. A tattoo on the top of your foot is the most painful place you can get a tattoo on your entire body. Oh, boy. Okay. Like, uh, my friend Casey has one on top of her foot, too. And she says, it's like, imagine someone pouring hot bacon grease on your foot for an hour okay that's what it feels like not fun okay no but i had chosen that circumstance right i chose to be there to get this tattoo on my foot and all i could do because it hurt but i wasn't going to walk around with just like an unfinished tattoo on my foot because it's a pretty you know i wear flip-flops all the time (laughs) right and so while i was there all I could do was be moment to moment in that pain. That was all I could do was be moment to moment in that pain. And I was able to, because I was moment to moment in that pain, it was, it, it, if I had to sit there and think, oh my God, I'm going to feel this pain for the next hour. I would have been out of there, man. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure. So all I could do was be moment to moment in that pain. And I couldn't say this shouldn't be happening because I had clearly chosen to get this damn tattoo on the top of my (laughs) I mean, and I know that sounds like a really, does that sound like a really trite example? But No, I think it sounds like the perfect example, actually. But I had chosen that. Yeah. And I was there and I was there for that experience. And all I could do was focus on the moment because all pain 
when you have pain in the moment, um, in martial arts, they teach pain is heat. And you can just be in that pain and it's just intense heat. Okay. But if I'm going to think, if I think all pain is about projecting into the future, oh my God, how long am I going to have to do this? Or projecting into the past, oh my God, this shouldn't have happened to me. All pain. This shouldn't have happened to me or this is going to continue to happen and I'm dreading it. Because in the moment, you can go through anything in the moment, right? Yeah. It's when you start to think about, oh my God, I'm going to feel this way a moment from now and a moment from now and a moment from now and an hour from now. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, that's what the kind of, I think that's what they mean. That's at least how I've interpreted it when I've read um, channeled works that say suffering is optional. Okay. So I don't know. I don't, I hate to dismiss anybody's experience um, because certainly I get caught up in my own experience and my own projections into the past. This shouldn't have happened to me. And I get caught up in my own projection into the future. Oh my God, I'm going to feel this way a year from now or whatever. And that's where the suffering comes in. The pain is of the moment. The suffering is projecting back and projecting forward. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Thank you for, for those examples. Yeah, I think that might be a Buddhist thing, but I could be wrong. I think that that's a, a, something that comes from Buddhism. So can we then talk about the steps to intentional dreaming? Let's say I want to go to bed tonight and I want to intentionally dream something, what would I do to make that happen? Set your intention before you go to sleep. What I do is I, um, so I don't set an, in, I occasionally, if I'm trying to work through a problem, I set an intention to work through that problem in my dreams. And you may need to do it a few nights in a row. All you do is before you go to sleep, say, tell me what I need to know about blank. And what's a good way to get into that mindset? Are there any type like meditation or deep breathing? What are some good exercises to really facilitate that process? Well, what I tend to do is that um, I, so first of all, I have a bedtime routine um, and I actually go off of screens, backlit screens about two hours before I go to sleep. Mm -hmm. And um so I kind of have this routine that I go through before I go to sleep. And then after I've done all of this and I'm relaxed and comfortable, I just, like I say, that's all I do. I just say, tell me what I need to know about. And you may need to do it for a few days. And the other thing you may need to do is you may need to also say, tell me I need to go, I tell me what I need to know about this. And then set the intention, I will remember and understand the content of my dreams when I awake, because sometimes we don't, we don't remember. Yeah. So, and it may take, I mean, it may take a couple of weeks of you saying this, but eventually it, you get better at it. And eventually it starts to be more instantaneous, but that's all you do. You just set the intention. And I recommend that you do it by calming your mind, by not watching TV or scrolling through your news feed. That's like the worst thing you can do before you go to sleep is scroll through your news feed or, you know, watch the nightly news or read the newspaper. Don't do that. Find something pleasant. So I read a book. I read a book 
um, just usually fiction, sometimes inspiring stuff. I read for about an hour before I go to sleep every night, sometimes longer. Um, and yeah, I just, that's my, I get away from all of the crap of relax, the day. Relax the mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Get away from it. It's so hard. Oh my gosh. I'm still looking at my phone when I'm going about to go to bed and then I put it mm -hmm. down and I close my eyes. The other thing that I, I, write, I don't do that. Yeah. Don't do yeah, that. Don't do that. The other thing I, I do recommend is that we use um, in our room, I use a white noise generator. I think you can even do it through like, if you have uh, an Amazon Echo or something, they, there are programs for that. Yeah. But oh, by I, the way, a yeah. fan works pretty well for that as well. Just a common yeah. fan. Yeah, but you can also do, um, I have, we have an iPad. It's hooked up to some speakers in our room. Mm -hmm. And we actually started doing this because Jim sleeps during the day um, a lot of times because he sometimes works nights. He's on rotating shift work. And so um, it plays binaural beats and over with white noise over the top of it. And the binaural beats are um, specific tones and frequencies that can stimulate different brain waves. And we use one for deep dreaming. Okay, oh, very cool. Yeah, so we use an app, I think it's called Brainwave that's on our iPad. Okay, Brainwave, mm -hmm. i looked that up. Yeah. Um, Chad cannot sleep without the fan on. And for, for a long time, it kind of drove me nuts. Yeah. <laughs> and now guess what? Yeah. I can't sleep without the fan on. <laughs> I actually do. I do a combination of, I have white noise. And then I okay. also um, use my Amazon Echo to play really quietly meditation music. So, yeah. So, can I, I know we only got a few minutes left, but can I ask you um, about a few options for things I want to set intentions for in my dreams? Like for instance, what, what kind of intention or what a mantra, whatever you would call it, would I say before sleep for, I want to be more prosperous? Um, I would just say, I give thanks that I am prosperous and um, tonight I will dream about ways to become more prosperous. And so I could just substitute, you know, anything that might be related to work, family, yeah. Yeah. any goals that I have that I want yeah. to see manifest. You just or this wording in there. That, but one of the things I like to do when I've got something I'm trying to manifest, and I think we've talked about this before, I used to be very specific about what I tried to manifest. Yeah. And I'm, I'm less so now um, because I don't want to limit the universe, yeah. but I do visualize sometimes before I go to sleep, um, like when I'm done reading and while I'm sort of drifting off, I just put my hands over my heart and I start to visualize um, how, so it's always about, and we've talked about this in the affirmations too, you want to visualize not necessarily it's a specific thing when you want something specific like you say i want to be more prosperous why do you want to be more prosperous what do you want to feel as a result of being prosperous because it's all about a feeling we want right it's not do we really care if we're bathing in money or is it that you want to feel more secure right less okay. worried mm -hmm. so you visualize that that feeling you close your eyes and you visualize you create that feeling for yourself 
And that's how you bring about the prosperity because ultimately it's not about the specific thing that brings it to you. It's about how it's going to make you feel. And if it's, I want to feel secure so that I don't have to worry about where my next meal is coming from or how my bills are going to be paid or anything like that. Right. Mm -hmm. Then you focus on that feeling and you visualize yourself already feeling that way. So would writing it down before you go to sleep also help? Sure. If you want. Okay. But I find for, because I, I if it's something specific, yes. Um, or even I want to feel more prosperous. Absolutely. That used to be my affirmation. I give thanks that I am more prosperous. I give thanks that I am, and I would write it over and over and over again. Um, and, but, but ultimately what I started to realize is it was more about how I wanted to feel, which was, okay. I wanted to feel secure. I wanted to feel safe. I wanted to feel happy. I wanted to not feel limited in any way. And it's important to come at it from the I am statement, not the I want or I yes. will. Yes, I am. I, you, I am. You, you visualize it as if you already have it or as if you're grateful for it. I give thanks that I am. Yeah. Okay. And sometimes I just, um, the other thing I do sometimes before I go to sleep is I just, in my mind, I just go over things I'm grateful for. I fall asleep thinking about things I'm grateful for because we've talked about this a lot, putting yourself in that frame of that I am frame mindset of I have these things that I want in my yeah. life that I want to experience. You put yourself in that mindset and that's what brings it to you. Absolutely. All right. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Mickey is snoring louder and louder. Oh, I hear and louder. It. oh Mickey's so cute. I can hear it a little bit louder. Yeah. Yeah, um, he's sleeping hard. Well, he's been, because I've been running the vacuum and things, he's been really quite distressed today. Poor well, you know, dogs and vacuums. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, Karen, do you have any parting words about how is 2021 looking to you? Well, I don't think that, I don't think that the clock's going to flip over at midnight and everything's going <laughs> to suddenly be okay. Um, but I do think that um, we get to decide whether it's okay or not, and that we get to choose whether it creates suffering or whether we use it to grow. Mm -hmm. And um, what I would say is use this opportunity to reset how you think about things and to reevaluate um, am I suffering because I think this shouldn't be happening? And the way that you know that whether something should or shouldn't be happening is if it's happening, <laughs> right? Yep. And so the, the belief this shouldn't be happening is always false. And so what I recommend is going to 2021 with by releasing that false belief that this shouldn't be happening. And instead of this shouldn't be happening, looking at it is this is happening and how do I use it as a springboard as opposed mm -hmm. to something that holds me back as opposed to Frankenstein chasing me and keeping me from flying. Right. And you know what, if you believe in the premise that everything happens because we've formed agreements with each other in spirit, then we've agreed that, that this year was going to happen and there we're gonna we're gonna grow from it and move forward i think we created it collectively 
And I think that the way that we, and that we can, I think that we can create our way out of it and you can't control anyone else but yourself. And so all you can do is um, create a space where uh, kind of like your own envelope of being right. An envelope around you where no matter what happens, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. And the more people that are in that mindset, I'm okay, as opposed to this shouldn't be happening. The belief that this shouldn't be happening is why it keeps happening. Because we're so focused on it happening, right? Okay. That what where you put your attention, what you resist persists. That comes from um, conversations with God, Neil Donald Walsh, but I've always liked that. What you resist, you persist, persists because you're putting your attention on it by resisting it, by saying, I don't want the coronavirus to be happening anymore. You're strengthening it because you're giving your attention to it. You're giving your attention to what you don't want instead of putting your intention on what you do. And so you're strengthening it. And that's why you, instead, you focus on what you do want. So if you can create this envelope of peace and joy and gratitude, regardless of what's happening in the world, then the more people do that, the more we collectively begin to create something different. So, yeah. Okay, then. (laughs) There you have it. So this is our last podcast of this year, isn't it? It is, yes. Well, I hope you have a happy holiday and I hope everybody has a happy new year. And I really do strongly recommend that you do some internal decluttering and that you think about, can I reframe these things in a way where I feel safe and secure and grateful? Because that's how we move forward. Awesome. Well, thank you for the discussion. Yeah, thank you. Okay, well, everybody have a happy new year and we will be back in 2021.